Michael West from Michael West Media compiles an annual list of the top 40 tax dodgers in Australia. And he's just released the latest one. No real surprises there. Good afternoon, Michael. Good day, David. How are you? Fine, thanks very much. The basis for this is from the uh, what's released by the tax office of its annual corporate tax transparency report. Can you just tell us what that is exactly? Well, following the Senate inquiry in 2015 into multinational tax avoidance, uh, one of the reforms besides the MAL legislation is uh, a transparency measure, which has probably brought in billions of dollars worth of money from multinational tax dodgers into the ATO, the tax office. And basically, all companies above a certain size, or large companies in Australia, it's about the top 2,300, 2,500 companies now, have to um, uh, release, well, their tax returns. Three numbers are made public from their tax returns. Those numbers are the total income, which is like revenue. Um, it's, these aren't accounting numbers. They're tax return numbers, but they're very similar. The second number, so there's total revenue. The second number is taxable income. So it's the amount of income before tax they made. And the third number is um, tax payable, so how much tax they pay. Uh, and so those three numbers show... Um, give you a good measure, especially if you don't do what we've done and and spreadsheet them over the nine years now of available data, been going since 2016. Um, they're a little bit old, so some companies produce financial accounts subsequent to this information, but this information nobody has except the ATO, and they make it public once a year. So once a year, we get some numbers that show what the biggest companies operating in Australia, the biggest companies in the world, how much tax they're paying in Australia. So these figures are 2022 figures, is that right? 2122 figures, Tw- that's 21. right. Okay. So, top of the pops? Top of the pops again this year. Well, on our ranking, I mean, there are different ways to look at this. Um, you know, we don't just do the raw material. We, we do a measure of... Um, the size of the company and how much tax is payable and and we model it to show how aggressive people have been because uh, top of the pops, just to be quick, is Exxon Mobil Australia, which is the largest, Exxon is the largest oil company in America and it has very big operations here in Northwest Shelf. Uh, in the Bass Strait, they've been offering, um, they've been operating there, pumping oil and gas since the 19, uh, 1970s. Uh, it used to be called ESSO, if you remember the old service stations. They oh, yes, down, yes. Yeah. They had downstream uh, assets. Um, they don't have those downstream assets. They have upstream assets, which is drilling uh, for uh, oil and gas in the sea. Okay, so Exxon Mobil Australia's, its total income was... Well, over nine years now, it's almost $100 billion on which they have not paid one red cent in tax. <laughs> and they've done it legally. So we have to stress that, don't we? We're talking about legal devices to avoid taxes. Well, it's only legal if the tax office doesn't come after you. Um, but, <laughs> okay. um, you, know, I mean, you know, this is very comp- Tax law is, and this is how people can manipulate it, it's very complex. There is a law called Part 4A, 
uh, Part 4A of the Tax Act basically says that the transaction has to be driven by commercial considerations, not by tax. And so you could, you could say that a lot of this is illegal, but it hasn't been prosecuted because the way Exxon, for instance, does it, and a lot of the oil companies, uh, they do it through what they call debt loading. So they give themselves loans from related entities, other Exxon companies overseas, and the interest on those loans, because you, you don't pay tax uh, until the after-tax, after-interest um, bid on your um, on your profit and loss statement. Um, so they give us you know billions, tens of billions of dollars worth of loans are made at, at exorbitant rate, exorbitant rates of interest, no doubt. Well, they're careful, but this is the debate. It's like transfer pricing of money. How much uh, is too much? And they would say, oh, we've got costs of making loans. Well, you know, uh, okay, fair enough. So what are the costs? Glencore, for instance, we pinged them years ago, the big, biggest coal company in Australia. We, we pinged them for having a... When interest rates were, you know, I think 3 or 4%, but they were lending to themselves at 9 plus, and we're talking very large, uh, so hundreds of millions going out. But, yeah, they, they rake hundreds of billions of dollars out in interest payments to their own related companies offshore. And that's how they do it. So over nine years, almost $100 billion they made... I think we've got, I haven't got it in front of me, David, but it's about $15 billion last year. And, of course, the, their profits are being turbocharged and their sales by its war profiteering because, of course, the price of oil and gas rocketed uh, when the war in Ukraine, when Russia's invasion of Ukraine happened and there were severe gas sh- shortages coming from Russia, etc. So gas and oil prices have always been related. Yeah, um, Australian... Uh, consumers have not benefited, have they, from the fact that we have so much gas? Not at all. We, we're, we're the world's largest gas exporter, LNG exporter, but um, um, we uh, we don't have, on the East Coast, there is one in WA, but we don't have what they call a domestic reservation policy. So that means that we pay the same prices that they pay to export to Japan, etc., and China. That's called export price parity, which means if we just the, the energy crisis could be quickly averted, power bills could come down a lot if the government simply introduced a domestic gas reservation and said, "Okay, all you guys drilling our gas here in Australia, you have to earmark 10% for the East Coast market, Sydney and Melbourne." It's unbelievable that that hasn't happened. Unbelievable. In fact, it's even more unbelievable because we're now building import terminals to import gas, some of which we probably produced ourselves from overseas, back into Australia again, despite the shortages. But this is the kind of story through all the resources sector, isn't it? How we have wasted our opportunities in terms of our natural resources. Incredible. And we look like we're going to waste it again because, of course... The lucky country, we're also very rich in rare earths, like lithium and so on, which go into mobile phones and, and uh, uh, either, uh, sorry, batteries and stuff. And there's a revolution going, of course, in renewable energy. So, and this lithium is in short supply. China is the other big producer. And we are a big lithium exporter, and we're going to get bigger and bigger with these rare earths, other rare earths besides lithium. But there's no value add. We're just going to export it. We're not going to turn it into manufactured products here. Yeah, it's the same old, same old. Now, the company tax rate in Australia is 
in the US it's 21, Canada 26.5, UK 25. So our 25 is on par with uh, most countries. So I think we're 30% here. Is it 30%? Okay. But the effective rate of, uh, the effective rate when you take in, you average out everybody, all the big companies, the effective corporate rate when you average out all that and trusts and stable trusts and all these kind of things like Transurban doesn't pay any tax because it's a stable trust security rather than the share, so rather than the company. So, well, there's companies in there as well, but that's the essential structure of it. So if you average all that out and you you take into account that superannuation funds only pay 15%, uh, the actual tax rate paid on average by corporations in Australia is about 10 or 12%. Yeah, and there's still talk of reducing corporate tax rates, and yet most companies are not paying that anyway. So it always puzzles me a bit. Absolutely. I mean, well, they wouldn't say they're not. They would say they pay. They all say, oh, we pay full tax. We've had legal, um, you know, advice from Clayton Newts and Mallisons, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And they always make these claims. But the reality is that there's a lot of big companies. As you can see from our chart here, our top 40 tax dodgers chart, uh, there's a lot of big companies that pay no tax at all. There's, you know, just on the top few, there's Virgin Australia. They've never paid the airline. They've never paid tax in Australia. Santos pays very little. Toll Holdings, a uh, tiny bit. Uh, Vodafone Hutchinson has never paid tax in Australia, I'm pretty sure. They're about number seven on our list. BG International, which is owned by Shell, the Anglo-Dutch, the multinational, they've they pay nothing. They paid nothing last year. Yancol, Peabody, Ford, Fletcher, Swiss Re, uh, Travelex, Puma, Energy. I mean, you know, a lot of energy companies, a lot of car companies, uh, Qantas pays very little. We, Qantas gets off this list because it did pay a bit uh, last year. But, that, that was uh, kind of them. <laughs> very kind of them yeah. to pay because they, they do make heavy losses. So, Companies aren't expected because tax is payable on profit, not revenue. So companies that make losses aren't expected uh, to pay tax and they can bank those losses. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? That is part of the problem. The problem is that, well, that's why Qantas has paid very little tax. It's made more than $100 over those years, although, of course, it didn't make much during COVID. Uh, But, um, yeah, they uh, there are... You know, and there are companies which pay, which show a bit of taxable in- income, uh, which is the second number we discussed uh, before the tax payable, but still don't pay any tax or pay very little or pay 10% on that bit. But most of the tax avoidance is done not is done between the taxable income and the total income line. So the mm. idea in Australia, if you're a foreign multinational. The idea is not to pay any tax. Big Pharma pays very little, but they all pay a bit so they look like they're good citizens, right? Because there's now a bit of shame attached to being outed in places like our top 40 uh, every year. People, you know, they're well known who the tax dodgers are. Everyone knows what most people know. The banks pay a lot. BHP and Rio pay a lot. The homegrown, profitable miners like Adley Twiggy Forest and Jenna Reinhardt, they they now pay a lot. And then there are the... um, the the people at the the companies which which pay very very little most of them are foreign companies because they have the ability to pay to um, um, siphon more money out uh, so you will find that for instance with big farm like tax Pfizer which has been an aggressive tax dodger 
they 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 will have a lot more debt in Australia and other places than they do in the US, and they'll 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 produce a good profit over there, but very little profit here. Because you see, if you produce a profit, David, of course you have to pay tax on it. Yeah, so they they produce profit where the corporate tax rates are the lowest. Is lower. So there's no. So the idea is not to make a profit. It is to load up a because Australia at thirty percent is higher than let's say Singapore. And so the, the, you know, which is half that or less, depending on the size of the company and what deal you do with the Singapore government, could be as low as zero. Um, but, yeah, the idea is not to make a profit in Australia, to make it somewhere else where the corporate tax rate is very low. And, of course, the EY and Deloitte and PwC, KPMG, they all have a role to play in this. Well, that's their business model, uh, working out ways to avoid, uh, for their clients to avoid paying tax in Australia. That's what they do. And it's quite a treasonous business model when you think about it. Um, uh, you know, telling companies, advising them how not to pay tax in Australia. Especially then if you're doing work with the tax office. Well, especially if you're doing work with the tax office, which most of them do. And of course, PwC took it to the next level where they, they were advising uh, following the 2015 um, proposals to reform, they were advising the government on multinational tax law reform, uh, and at the same time they were selling those secrets, that information, to their foreign clients, like yeah, Google and yeah. Uber, to help them avoid paying tax in Australia. They're saying, this is what's coming, and this is how you get around it. And so that makes them prostitutes. Well, I think it's fraud. They're obtaining a financial advantage by deception. Yeah, that's yeah. the definition of fraud. Not many people use that because they're afraid of, you know, getting pressure on them for using those kind of words. But, I mean, it's, it's very defensible. Now, um, do you get rude emails coming in now as a result of the top 40 being published? No, I used to. I used to, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about on social media, you know, because I'm pretty big on Twitter and these places now. And... Uh, and you, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, companies, you know, you pay tax on profit. You must think they pay it on revenue, all this sort of stuff. Of course, we didn't think they paid it on revenue. We knew they paid it on profit. But we used to get a lot of room. We used to get some pushback. And Vodafone were particularly touchy about it for some reason. And they used to write us rude letters and threatening <laughs> All this sort of stuff, but no, not anymore. I mean, people just accept it now, and um, and uh, you know, it's just like a bit of a public service pointing out these people. And now that we have nine years of data, that's a very good sample size because like, people can't say, "Oh, look, you know, that's just a one-off. They didn't pay tax last year because they had a rough year." They can't say that over nine years. That's no, more than one. that's a that's a full business cycle. So, well, it's an important public service you provide here. Michael, thank you very much. Michael West from Michael West Media. And if you go onto that website, you can see the top 40 tax dodges as long and many other interesting articles. And also, if you'd like to take out a subscription for Michael West, I'm sure that they would be happy to, to do that. Michael, thank you. Thank you very much, David. Okay, bye-bye.